It's Mock Draft Monday. Should the New Orleans Saints trade up for one of the top tackles in this year's draft? I'll tell you why they don't have to in order to get their best prototypical fit at the position. P.J. Williams is back. What does that mean for the team and their safety needs? And what exactly is the first phase of the offseason? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Go and check them out over at betonline.net where the game starts. It is Monday. Very glad to be back here with you for a fresh week here on the show. We're going to start off with our mock draft today because I want to talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints potentially trading up in the first round. Seen a lot of conversation around it. And I want to talk about why the Saints could or would consider doing that, but why they don't necessarily have to. And then we'll get into our seven-round mock draft for this week, and then we'll wrap up with a look at P.J. Williams, off-season programming, things like that. So when we take a look at why the New Orleans Saints might want to trade up this year, a lot of it has to do with the trenches. What, have we, what do we know about the New Orleans Saints, right? They tend to start drafts with the trenches. That's what they do, right? Uh, I want to take a look at the last few first selection. So not necessarily first round picks, because remember back in 2019, they didn't have a first round pick, but their first selection was still Eric McCoy. So if you look at 2021, Peyton Turner, we look at 2020, Cesar Ruiz, 2019, of course, is Eric McCoy. And then we go Marcus Davenport, 2018. Then the mold kind of broke a little bit, 2017, because you had, of course, Marshawn Lattimore, who dropped to 11. Uh, 2016, Sheldon Rankin, 2015, Andrews Pete. So basically... Since Jeff Ireland has been around, the first selection of the New Orleans Saints drafts have been in the trenches, either on the offensive or defensive side. And the one exception, of course, being Marshawn Lattimore. But what happened that same year? Well, they had two first round picks and that second first round pick was Ryan Ramchek in the trenches. So when we talk, when we talk a little bit about what the New Orleans Saints could look to do, the trenches seems to be the place to maybe target when you're looking at trying to predict what the New Orleans Saints are going to do in the first round, because that's what they tend to do with their first selection. Is it sexy? No. Is it exciting? Not necessarily. But does it help a team win? Yes. Is it the place where the Saints have been very good at evaluating talent? For the most part, right? The jury's still out on Peyton Turner because we haven't really gotten to see him yet. Uh, Of course, there's a lot of controversy around Cesar Ruiz. Marcus Davenport came on last year. We've seen great things from Eric McCoy, Ryan Ramchick. Andrew Speed's still one of the better left guards in the NFL. Doesn't matter if you like him or not. He's one of the best to do it in the league right now. So it's just what he is. And so when you look at why the Saints continue to invest in that spot, well, it's clear, right? They do a good job. Now, they've done a good job when they haven't gone in the trenches either, right? Marshawn Lattimore in the first round, Brandon Cooks in the first round, Kenny Vaccaro in the first round, who became a, you know, longtime starter for the team, so on and so forth. So you know, really the only really, really upsetting first round pick that didn't work out was 
Stefan Anthony, and that didn't work out hard. <laughs> um, so when we look at this year's draft, could the New Orleans Saints look to target tackle in the first round again? Yes, absolutely. Guys like Trevor Penning, Charles Cross, uh, Ika Mekwanwu potentially. Like, there's a lot of different guys they could potentially look at in the first round. But if they want any of those things, they're probably going to have to trade up. And if they're going to trade up, they got to get into basically the top 12 because the top 12 is going to dom- like the trenches are going to dominate there. You might see Sauce Gardner go within that group. You might see Kyle Hamilton go within that group. You might see Derek Stingley go within that group, especially after he holds his pro day in a couple of days. There's a good chance that you see those guys get into the mix. Maybe a quarterback like Malik Willis gets into the mix. More than likely, a quarterback like Malik Willis gets into the mix as well. And there are some rumors floating about that maybe some of the quarterbacks go a little bit earlier than expected. Maybe some of those Ohio State wide receivers go earlier than expected. But for the most part, that top 12, it's going to be the trenches. It's going to be guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, potentially George Karloftis. It's going to be those three tackles that I just mentioned, plus Evan Neal, right? It's going to be those guys that are going to be the ones to dominate that top 12. So you got to get in there. So if you're the New Orleans Saints, you have a good trade partner at 12 with the Minnesota Vikings. You trade with them in the draft all the time. The Vikings have a lot of places that they need to address. that They can still address at 18. So easy move there. Same thing for the Washington Commanders. Almost called them the football team again. Uh, same thing for the Washington Commanders. And then also same thing for the New York Jets at number 10. The New York Giants have two selections, five and seven. That could be a possibility as well. So there's a possibility that the Saints could trade into or around the top 12 in order to go and get a tackle that they like. Again, the guys that make the most sense there would be guys like Charles Cross as well as Trevor Penning. But the best fit for the New Orleans Saints at tackle may not require them to do that. They might be able to grab this guy at 18. They could potentially grab this guy in the second round, depending upon how the board falls and if he's involved in that run on tackles. But best believe if there's a run on tackles early, then the Saints may jump to grab him at 18. And that's Central Michigan's Bernard Raymond. Let's talk about why he's the best fit. And that's who I'm drafting in our mock draft, not necessarily at 18 though. So we'll circle back to all of it when we look at our seven round mock draft here in a little bit. But let's talk about why Bernard Raymond is the best fit. Along with Trevor Pinning, he is the only tackle out of maybe the top, let's see, I listed six tackles, seven tackles here, out of the top six or seven tackles that have a nine plus RAS score, which again, do the Saints use RAS scores? Not likely, right? That is a free resource that's available to fans and media that maybe some teams look at and use as a resource, but they have their own formulas and things like that. However, what we do know and what we have been able to see in the past is that whatever the Saints formula is, it spits out similar results to RAS scores. We could still use it as a barometer, if you will. So a 9.96 for Trevor Penning, absolutely outstanding, uh, great size, Good explosion, elite speed, great agility. Now, a 9.87 overall grade, a little bit lower for Bernard Raymond. However, okay size, elite explosion, elite speed, elite agility. So there's a lot to like there, right? When you look at the four tackles that the Saints have drafted over the course of uh, Jeff Ireland's tenure since 2015, Andrus Pete was an 8.54, so he was in that great range. Good, 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 and okay when it came to size, explosion, speed, and agility. I feel like that describes him well. Uh, Landon Young, 9.18. He was a tackle that was drafted last year. Good, great, great, okay when it comes to size, explosion, speed, agility. Ryan Ramchick, Rick, Rick Leonard. Yes, remember. Sorry to bring that back to you. 2018, the Saints drafted Rick Leonard. Um, didn't have full RAS grades, right? So then the next thing that you look at is height and weight. So the average height of those four tackles is six foot six. The average weight of those four tackles is three, uh, 311 pounds. So the tackle that is most well positioned to meet all of those is 
Bernard Raymond. Charles Cross is very close, right? He comes in, though, at a 7.57 RAS score, so a little bit low. Uh, good elite and good in terms of explosion, speed, and agility, but he comes in poor when it comes to size because of his 307-pound weight, even though that's closer to the Saints prototype, actually, the RAS, the way that they look at it. So this is where the prototype and the Saints formula is going to vary and be different from the RAS, right? But Bernard Raymond is the one that spits out here that comes with the best and the closest to what the Saints prototype is. He's within an inch when it comes to the uh, the height there, and he is within uh, five pounds when it comes, to, or within 10 pounds, excuse me, when it comes to weight. He's at 303. You can easily get him up to 310. It's a seven pound difference, not a big deal. So when you look at it, Bernard Raymond is the best fit in terms of the Saints prototypical tackle in this year's draft. That means they might not actually need to trade up in order to get a tackle unless they're in love with Trevor Penning, Charles Cross, one of those guys, even Evan Neal, if he starts to fall. So let's see what happens if we build a draft around landing Bernard Raymond to the New Orleans Saints, not in the first round, but the second round, because it is a possibility, right? Now, the NFL draft is unpredictable, but in this instance, we're able to make it happen. So let's talk, let's try not trading up and still landing the New Orleans Saints best fit and figure out what we can do then in the first round. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Greens who are sponsoring, helping to sponsor this podcast. I want to tell you about their fantastic formula, AG1, which is basically like a powdered multivitamin that you can take in the morning. I take this every single morning and it's helped me a ton. It's helped me be more alert during the day. It's helped me sleep better. It's helped me digest my food better. I've also been making better food decisions because I'm starting my day off with the idea of nutrition. So even mentally, it's making a huge difference for me as well. It's one scoop in like a cup of water. You shake it up. They give you a nice little bottle that goes with it. You shake it up, down it, and then you're good for the rest of the day. Have it before you have your morning cup of coffee, all of that. So they are awesome. And I love my AG1. Again, it has helped me so much. So I really, really, really recommend if you're having any type of like digestive issues or you just are somebody that wants to have more multivitamins and things like that, but you don't want to have to like deal with the pills and all that other stuff, then go and check this out over at Athletic Greens. And it's super easy. We're going to make it even easier. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year of the immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate nutritional insurance. And of course, I want to remind you about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. We have the NCAA Men's Championship tonight. Congratulations to South Carolina on their big win over in the women's tournament last night. I got a little bit too hyped about UConn and Paige Beckers. I might have lost a little bit of money on that game, but that's okay. Bet Online actually told me not to do that, and I did it anyway. So that's my own fault. So for you, if you want to find all of the latest on sports developments, including the Masters uh, Championships that are coming up, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all things going on around all the different leagues this season. Make sure you're checking out Bet Online. It's your continued trusted source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device. Again, that's betonline.net, where the game starts. All 
Hawkeye family continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on NFL YouTube page. Luke Braun and I will be live later today discussing everything breaking down a bunch all across the NFL. So we're going to dive into our seven round mock draft. It is mock draft Monday after all. Some of these uh, prospects we've talked a bit about. So you can go back to older uh, mock draft Monday episodes to hear more about them. We'll, of course, be talking about them more and more and more as the draft gets closer as well. So it's a good reason to subscribe here on Locked on Saints. But I want to kind of run through these and then talk a bit about why I made these selections. So remember that the idea here with this draft was get the New Orleans Saints their prototypical best fit at tackle without having to trade up. Now, the Saints could still trade up, and it would make sense if they did that. Charles Cross, Trevor Pinning, so on and so forth. But with Bernard Raymond, I didn't have to rush. So at 18, I was able to go what I call little risk, little risk, high reward, right? It's not low risk, it's low risk. High reward, though, with wide receiver out of Alabama, Jamison Williams. The only reason why it's a little risk is because of this season, right? There's a chance that you draft this guy and then he doesn't get out on the field for six weeks or something like that, right? He's coming off that ACL tear during the national championship game, so on and so forth. It can be a little challenging to get him out on the field, but his recovery is going well. It seems that he's expected to be back, so on and so forth, but you never know, right? So little risk, but high reward because, I mean, just get the ball in this guy's hand however you can and let him do the rest of the work, right? He is absolutely phenomenal. Now, if you're a little bit more worried about the injury, then maybe you can go with Chris Olave here. You can go with Garrett Wilson here. Uh, You want to jump for like a bigger prospect that is another prototypical fit for the Saints. You could go Christian Watson. I know he's considered a second round draft pick, but whatever. If you like him, go get him. So there's a lot of different ways to go. Really, as long as the New Orleans Saints were to take a wide receiver here, I think everyone would be happy. So Jamison Williams is the one that I went with because it's a little risk, high reward. Okay. Pick number 49. Didn't have to do anything. Here's Bernard Raymond, tackle out of Central Michigan. We just talked about him, right? We broke all of it down. He fits all the prototypical marks, elite, 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 everything when it comes to explosion, agility, speed, the things that New Orleans Saints like that fits really well in their zone run scheme, helps a ton in the passing game as well. You could probably get his weight up a little bit. His height is great, six foot six. He fits, it all works. It all works. And I didn't have to trade up. I didn't have to give up an asset from next year or potential assets, right? I could have traded a first round pick from this year, a third round pick from next year, and a third round pick from this year to get from 18 to 10, 11, or 12, any of those. The the simulator would have let me do it. And and that's not too far off from what we have seen in terms of teams trading from the the teens to the low teens, right? Or or just right outside the top 10. That's not that different, right? We saw the, let me see if I can pull up the, uh, the trade that I use as a model. The Steelers, when they moved up to draft uh, Devin Bush, they traded a first round pick, which was their 20th selection, a 2019 uh, second round pick. So the same year, this was all in 2019, and then a future third in order to move up to 10. But then they also pulled a fifth from the Denver Broncos for that. So I didn't worry about the fifth if I was going to trade up. And then instead, I made it a first, a third from this year, and then a third from next year, which matches the same model without trying to swindle an extra pick out of the team that was already letting me get up to just outside the top 10 to grab the guy that I like. But I didn't have to do all that. I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. I just drafted Bernard Raymond. That was it. And now I have the best prototypical fit. The only thing about Bernard Raymond that is a little bit concerning is that he'll be 24 years old when the season begins in September. And then he'll turn 
25 in the September as well. So if you wanted him to sit back for this year behind James Hurst, you're going to have an older prospect. How much better can he get? And he's coming from a small school. So you want to see progress. You want to see development. So if he becomes a top 30 visit, you get an idea to see, you get the opportunity to see a little bit of all that. That would be the only concern. But outside of that, I'm Gucci. I'm happy with Jamison Williams and Bernard Raymond to start this draft off. Okay, now let's fly through. Two third round picks, both compensatory, 98-101. Jeremy Ruckert, tight end out of Ohio State, split zone action. You love him. He's a seam stretcher. You love it. You need a pass catcher. You need a starting tight end. I could have maybe passed here. I could have gone maybe with a safety like I don't know who would be around at this point. Maybe Jalen Petrie, uh, potentially like Nick Cross or somebody like that. But I went with the tight end. The reason why you pass on tight end is because Taysom Hill is going to be playing tight end for you. But is that enough? I don't know. So I went with Jeremy Ruckert. And then at 101, just a couple of picks later, I went with interior defensive lineman, uh, Fi Mathis, Fedarian Mathis, who great leader. And anytime you can get an Alabama defensive tackle in the third round, you take an Alabama defensive tackle in the third round. Circling around at 120, I went with Vellis Jones Jr., the wide receiver out of tight end. I told you all I was doubling up on wide receiver every chance I got in this draft because the Saints haven't signed or haven't brought in another wide receiver at the time that I'm recording this. I would love for that to be wrong by the time that I publish this, but probably not the case, right? The Saints have been slow. They've been patient. They've been taking their time. They've been focusing in-house. All the things that we've always seen them do, not a big deal because you have great wide receivers you can go with in the draft. I got Jamison Williams so I can move around all over the place, but I could also use a, as a Z flanker receiver pretty much 90% of the time, let him stretch the field while Michael Thomas draws the double teams. So I went with Velas Jones Jr. so that I could have a slot receiver that has some great speed, 4-3-1 speed. He's a little bit under the prototype at five foot eleven, but every time that the Saints have gone under the prototype, it's because that receiver has run in the four threes. So Velas Jones, right there, right? Checks all the boxes. So I like the fact that I can use him in the slot. And you know what? He gives you return ability too, just in case you deal with any other injuries and things like that for Deontay Hardy. And y'all can stop telling me that it's Deontay Harris, by the way. It's not. It's Deontay Hardy. Lastly, or not lastly, next up, we'll go with pick 161 here. And I wanted to try to land a running back that I could utilize in place of and in addition to Alvin Kamara, just in case he has that suspension at the beginning of the year. Uh, my usual go-tos here are Brian Robinson out of Alabama and, of course, Damian Pierce out of uh, Florida. Now, I didn't have to go far. I stayed in the SEC because that's where the good running backs are. And I went with Zachandre White out of South Carolina, six foot one, 215 pounds, solid blocker, very good pass catcher, also runs routes, not just from the backfield, but also split out as well. So you like that, right? You can utilize him along with Mark Ingram, kind of in a similar game plan to the way you utilize Alvin Kamara. And then when Alvin Kamara comes back, if he does end up suspended, then you have two of those weapons that you can move around. Lots of chess pieces for Pete Carmichael. And then finally at 237 in the seventh round, I was able to grab Marquise Bell, a starting strong safety. I was able to get it done. I was able to get it done. Florida A&M FAMU. We talked with um, uh, uh, Darian Gray last week from Locked on HBCU all about him. Gives you a real opportunity there to be able to utilize a bunch of different rotations within the secondary because the Saints already brought back PJ Williams. So now you don't have to rush as fast to safety. And if you can get a guy like Marquise Bell, who is a developmental strong safety in the third day of the draft, simply because of the school that he went to, I'll take that 100%. Now he's hungry. Now he wants to get it from the mud. And then you end up putting him in with this secondary with a lot of confidence with guys like CJ Gardner-Johnson, guys like Marcus May, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo. I like what that could do for a guy like Marquise Bell. And speaking of the Saints bringing back PJ Williams, let's break that down. What does that mean for the team? And what exactly is happening today for the New Orleans Saints as their offseason officially 
begins. We'll break all of it down. I'll explain what phase one is, and I'll explain how P.J. Williams impacts New Orleans Saints defense as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, it is my absolute pleasure, my absolute pleasure to tell you about my new favorite built Bar. I ate all of them, but I want to tell you about my new favorite built Bar. It's the Brownie Batter Puff. If you haven't tried the built Puffs, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me tell you what a built Bar is first, and then we can build from there. Scaffolding, Ross. Slow down. But that's how excited I am about built Bars. You're going to love these. Protein bars that taste like candy bars. Talking about 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. That's your average. That's that's just outstanding, right? It, it is a candy bar that gives you all the things in terms of enjoyment and deliciosity that candy, that candy bars give you without all the extra junk, right? And these brownie batter built bars, these built puff brownie batter bars have no right <laughs> no right to be as good as they are. We're all freaking out about them across the Lockdown Podcast Network. Join us. Join us. Head over to the website today. Go and check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get 15% off of your next order. It doesn't matter if it's your first or your next. Go to built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Get a box of the, built, of the, 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 the built Puff, which are marshmallow, by the way. Built Puff, covered in 100% chocolate, brownie, just do it. Just do it. I'm Let's get into that nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. I'm so hyped about that brownie batter built bar. I can't get enough. Uh, I want to run through some of the news here and tell you why it's all important, right? So I want to talk about PJ Williams because PJ Williams gives the New Orleans Saints exactly what they needed on defense after losing both strong safeties, Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins. This is one of those signings that for whatever reason, the Saints just were able to pull off. And we've seen this a couple of times, right? Remember a couple of years back, they moved on from Jonathan Williams. He didn't win the uh, uh, the extra running back role and everything, and they moved on from him, but somehow got him to sign back and stuff. So every now and then they do things like this. And and this is a, an interesting story with P.J. Williams because for four straight years, this guy has hit the market, should have had a market because of his versatility, the fact that he can play in the slot, that he can play outside, that he can play like in the box, that he can play free safety, that he can kind of do all these things, and it gives you depth at four or five different positions, because you could even line him up as a weak side linebacker if you need to, in terms of a dime linebacker, right? If you have the right linebacker to pair with him. And here he is, back in New Orleans, on a fourth straight one-year deal. And I don't know how this keeps happening to the poor guy. Like, I mean, it's great. It's good for the New Orleans Saints, and it's good for him because he comes into a system that he knows really well. And he was able to kind of revitalize his career with Dennis Allen. So now Dennis Allen is the head coach. And, you know, he did some great stuff with Chris Richard last year. Chris Richard is now co-defensive coordinator. It's, it's fantastic. But it makes things so much easier for the New Orleans Saints in terms of filling that safety role because they have Marcus May. They have P.J. Williams. So worst case scenario is that they don't add any more safeties after losing Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins. I'm talking free agency. I'm talking draft. I'm talking post-draft free agency. I'm talking trade all that. Worst case scenario is that they don't add anybody at all. Then you move Marcus made a strong safety, which he played last year in Robert Sala's defense. And then you have PJ Williams start at free safety, which he played very well for the Saints, took away big plays, didn't have the ball production and everything that Marcus Williams had, but forced defensive or forced quarterbacks to roll away from him when he was in single high coverage. Yes, he struggled in some split safety coverage. Okay. I know that he struggled in some split safety, safety coverage, particularly cover four when you have four deep defensive backs. But for the most part, he played that role extremely well. And that's what's helping him right now to revitalize his career 
or continue to make himself valuable. And for whatever reason, no other team around the NFL, 31 other teams haven't seen it, or maybe he's just not interested in going anywhere else. And he was waiting to come back to the New Orleans Saints. That could have been an option as well, but it's a huge deal for the New Orleans Saints to have brought back PJ Williams. I know it's not Tyron Matthew. I know that, but Tyron Matthew's still available, right? That storyline isn't over yet. But the Saints now have the insurance that they need all across the defensive or all across the secondary, right? The defensive backfield to feel more comfortable, right? You don't have to make any other moves along the DB area to be in a good place in 2022. You want to be in a better place. Don't get me wrong. There's still work to be done, but it's hugely helpful. And it's a lot of insurance to have PJ Williams there, especially if you can add another safety, right? Tyron Matthew, Jaquan Brisker, Daxon Hill, um, uh, Jalen Petrie, Marquise Bell, all these guys that we've been talking about here on the show, add any of those guys. And then you have even more insurance (laughs) with a guy like PJ Williams. So I love the signing. I'm glad that they brought him back. It's another one-year deal. I kind of wish that they would just sign him to a long-term deal. But hey, if you're going to be able to continue to bring him back on one-year deals from a business side, keep doing what you got to do. Keep doing what you got to do. Okay. Today officially marks the beginning of the New Orleans Saints season. Doesn't mean that they're playing football anytime soon. Unfortunately, we still have to wait until the preseason for that. But April 4th today does begin their off-season activities, right? So this is phase one. Now, some of you may be asking, Ross, what the heck does phase one mean? I know. I know. I'm going to tell you. Phase one basically means that they can begin strength and conditioning for four hours. So have two hours of basic, like supervised uh, strength and conditioning work, and then two hours of you know individual um, weight training, right? In the weight room, things like that. No football activities, not allowed to do anything that's like contact drills or anything like that. So you're not going to see any of this stuff. This is all about player safety. This is about getting players, getting the, the beginning of their uh, conditioning and all that stuff ready. So this is also going to be their first introduction to Matt Rea, the new director of sports science for the New Orleans Saints. Remember, they don't have a strength and conditioning coach anymore. They have an assistant strength coach, but Matt Rea is the guy. He's the guy now. And he, they brought him over from Alabama. Remember, he, he, when they bought into his whole system, he cut soft tissue injuries down by 50%. And the Saints have dealt with a lot of soft tissue injuries. And certainly the New Orleans Saints were very tired of seeing the amount of injuries that they had to do. It caused them to play 58 different starters last year in NFL record, two above the NFL record. They set and then reset it. Um, and so this is good news for the New Orleans Saints. It gives them an opportunity and they get to start early too. There are some teams that don't start until April 4th, you know, whatever, April, you know, in the teens and then like April 25th and stuff like that. So this is great for the New Orleans Saints because they get a little bit of a head start here. So that's basically what they're doing next. Then after that, they get into things like mandatory or, or excuse me, voluntary mini camps, mandatory mini camps, OTA programming, and then you get into, then you get to the mandatory mini camp, then you get to training camp in July. So, you know, there's a couple of phases to all this, but this is the beginning. This is the beginning of it all. So the big thing is that this isn't fully mandatory. Some players have contract bonuses like Cam Jordan and Michael Thomas, for instance, all have, and I think Will Lutz also has contract bonuses. Michael Thomas actually has the largest in the NFL, $200,000 to show up to work out, but he's also rehabbing his ankle in Southern California. So he might not be there and that would make sense. But this is the time now to where we start to see those players get underway. And I think that everybody, and, and honestly, considering how excited Michael Thomas was that Matt Rayo was hired, right? He took the Twitter and did the whole thing. He might show up for it. He might show up for at least a portion of it and everything like that. But, you know, and, and hey, earning a cool $200,000 ain't too bad either. So that's what phase one means. This is a golden opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to really get rolling because the staff changes that they've made could lead to some 
really, really, really important progressions in terms of what we could see moving forward for the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk about that more tomorrow, by the way, because it's not just Matt Rea, it's not just the changes that they've made at that strength and conditioning program, it's the wide receiver coaches and all that. So what do the new coaches, as they get to be introduced in phase two, actually bring to this team um, with wide receivers in particular, we talked about develop all that other stuff, but there's a ton more that comes with it. So we'll break all of that down as well as everything else you need to know around your New Orleans Saints on tomorrow's Locked on Saints. Thanks so much as always for making us your first listen of the day every day here on the show. For your second listen of the day, make sure you go and check out that Locked on NFL Draft podcast. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, Mock Draft Monday. They've got it all going on for you today and throughout the rest of the week, every Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, of course, as well. I appreciate you as always. Make it be a part of your day. Make it be a part of your routine for everything else you need around these New Orleans Saints. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.